This City Wire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. Scottish Mortgage is considered the flagship trust of Edinburgh-based investment managers Bailey Gifford and is the UK's largest investment trust. As with any investment, please note capital is at risk. To find out more, please visit scottishmortgageit.com. Hello, my name's John Schaefer and welcome to The Wealth Show from CityWire. In this episode, I spoke with Michael Scott, manager of the MAN GLG High Yield Opportunities Fund. Michael looks at which regions are offering the best rewards at the lower end of the debt market. And he speaks about some of the poorer quality issuances that have entered into the high yield space recently. It's worth noting that this podcast was recorded before Russia's invasion of Ukraine last week. Well, Mike, thanks for joining me. Your performance has been pretty impressive compared with the peer group over one and three years. What's driven that performance? Yeah, it's been a, a plethora of different return drivers uh, that are really responsible for the return performance of the fund over the past three years. And I think very much that has been driven by the flexible approach uh, that I employ uh, when managing um, with, with, with which we, with which I manage um, this fund. Um, I think in terms of why flexibility is key, it enables me to focus on what I think are the best risk-adjusted opportunities at any point in time, um, as opposed to being constrained by um, a benchmark. Pre and during and post-COVID um, worlds have been very different environments in which to be an uh, investor. So I think as we came into the COVID um, crisis, um, we really started. I well, really started to focus on you know, business models uh, and sectors that um, we had very strong belief in their ability to weather um, the effective closing of economies. And typically, we're, I was focusing on uh, at that point in time businesses with strong on, on, online um, on, online um, resale channels or telcos and, and, and cable operators, which Clearly, given um, the state of the world was was immersed in lockdown, was certainly likely to benefit in, in, the, in the COVID um, driven sort of lockdowns. Um, fairly quickly, however, it became very apparent that the policies that were being enacted would lead to a very different um, economic um, um, uh, would, would have very different economic consequences than what we maybe saw post GFC. Um, policies were gargantuan uh, in size uh, and, and in our view, would have significant impact on the real economy. And ultimately, we, um, I started to focus on businesses that would benefit from you know, the world after, after lockdown and, and a fairly vigorous V-shaped recovery, which is indeed um, what we saw. Um, but the focus certainly was on metals and mining businesses, uh, particularly copper producers, uh, oil and gas uh, businesses, um, uh, particularly on the uh, production side of things, where we had a very strong view that the businesses would enter into a much more favourable operating environment. High yield as, as a sector in general has performed pretty well over the past year compared to perhaps some other debt sectors. Um, but do you think it's a bit overvalued now? I wouldn't say that the, the asset class is um, overvalued per se. Um, I think there are some very interesting opportunities that can be found within 
your asset class. Uh, and indeed, I think you need to employ a flexible approach to be able to focus on those opportunity sets. Um, and indeed, what we think is likely to prevail this year is a, is a, is a higher dispersionary regime. And why do we think that? We think that is primarily driven by um, a slowing economic backdrop and also tighter monetary policy. Uh, and indeed, you know, our focus is certainly, or my focus is certainly on cash generation and businesses that have relatively stable uh, end, end, uh, end, end demand. Um, where we think the businesses can continue to generate healthy free cash flow and ultimately uh, pay coupons and repay debt. That's in conjunction with um, moving away from cyclical, um, highly levered and operationally geared businesses, which we think will struggle to generate um, um, cash and, and offset uh, what we see as a higher cost inflationary environment. And, and moving on to the, this higher cost inflationary environment, how do you think the sector in general will, will perform under more severe inflationary conditions? Well, as I say, I think that there'll be higher dispersion uh, in valuations between you know business models that are adapt, you know that can adapt and 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 can and and can um, generate free cash flow and offset cost increases through um, passing those on to to, to their customers. Uh, to those to those that can't, so you know, businesses in you know in in um, in commoditized, um, often cyclical sectors, we think will struggle uh, to pass on those cost increases. Um, whilst you know, areas of the, of areas such as healthcare, uh, consumers consumer staples and telcos, we think will fare rather better. How many? Fed rate hikes you're anticipating this year, and, and what do you think that will, will do to your returns and high yield? I think there's a risk to fewer rate hikes than there are to more rate hikes than are currently priced by the market. So, um, you know, the market is looking for a 25 uh, basis point increase um, uh, at, at, at each Fed meeting, which effectively is, um, you know, six hikes by the end of the year. Um, I think you know, the risks are, I think that's very fully priced. Uh, so the risks are that we get rather fewer uh, than what is currently priced in um, on account of unforeseen shocks that the, 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 the globe may, um, uh, may encounter. I mean, obviously, there's, there's the you know, unknown unknowns, which can certainly you know, clearly have an impact on um, uh, the rate at which uh, the Fed can withdraw policy. Uh, and indeed, I think the risks are rather skewed to fewer rate hikes now than what is currently priced in. I think if you were to ask me that question you know, six months ago, we would have said that you know, clearly there were far too few rate hikes priced. And now we are uh, in, in that situation. I think clearly the risks are that um, uh, the risks are now that uh, few, few, fewer rate hikes are now delivered um, relative to market expectations. So um, in terms of high yields, as I say, um, what is important about high yield return is not so much the interest rate cycle, it's the business cycle. Uh, you know, we really, we really are investing in businesses' cash flow, which obviously fluctuates with the business cycle. But surely the, the interest rate risk makes those high yield bonds less attractive after a certain point. Um, yeah, I mean, if, uh, as, as I say today, there's quite a significant amount. Well, it's a very, very good price. Uh, in terms of interest rate expectations, I think it's very hard now to for the Fed to surprise on the upside in what is now 
that central bank in, uh, interest rate repricing is now behind us, um, in, 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 in my view. Uh, and indeed, the, the, um, the, the aspects, indeed, the, the critical um, aspects that I think investors now have to deal with, really when it comes to high yield, is the business cycle. Our, our view is that the business cycle is certainly slowing. Um, and I, indeed, I think that the consensus expectations remain too high, particularly in the U.S. and China. And you know, China is driven by a weaker property backdrop, and 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 the U.S. by a weaker consumption backdrop, driven by you know obviously the high inflation that we're currently experiencing. Um, so we do advocate again why we do advocate focusing on stable cash flow, uh, more more uh, defensive businesses in this environment, which we think will continue to yeah. generate healthy returns for investors. Well, looking sort of. More in depth, at Asian debt markets. How how do you approach investment there after Evergrande? Um, is is it is it really somewhere you can invest anymore? I mean, obviously it's a pr- pretty active high yield market, but but you know how how do you feel about it? Yeah, so um, I mean we, we, we look at the sector have look look at the sector very closely, like very deeply. Um, as with this fund and process, we we operate right across the high yield space from performing to special sits and distress. So we're very used to operating in uh, sectors where there, there are very distressed dynamics, of which you know, the property sector is one. Um, that said, we like to understand our credit claim. Uh, and given that these structures are offshore, uh, and I'd say benefit, benefit in inverted commas by a keep well agreement, and not a guarantee, credit guarantee, uh, it's very, very hard for us to get comfortable uh, from a credit perspective. Um, uh, and, 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 and so we have avoided the sector and remain, remain um, out of the sector today. Looking on the positive side, where are you seeing the best opportunities over the next year? Um, and also the quarter. I know, I know, a quarter is not not very long when you're when you're looking at these kind of instruments. But but, but you know, perhaps you could um, share your thoughts. Um, yeah, I'd say um, it, it is about being flexible in this environment, and and I think focusing on areas and off the go more attractive from a risk return perspective. And away from being constrained so much by a benchmark. Um, today, we actually see rather less value in the US uh, than we do in Europe, uh, particularly the mid to lower echelons of the market. Um, in, in Europe, you, tip, you, you typically have more conservatively managed businesses from a credit perspective, so less, less leverage, more cash on balance sheet, and actually are less cyclical uh, in, 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 in many respects. Um, but valuations today are much more favourable in Europe relative to the US. So from a relative value perspective, we see Europe is more favourable than the US today. And from business model perspective, we, as I say, like pricing power, we like cash generation and stable end demand dynamics. And so for the first time in a long while, we see actually significant value has opened up uh, in um, the likes of healthcare consumer staples and alcohol operators where we see um, you know pricing pressures uh, can be more easily passed on uh, to to to, to um, end customers 
Uh, and that, that's rather in, um, it's rather the opposite from what we see in commoditized areas, commoditized businesses, whether that's um, uh, um, uh, companies that sell very commoditized products that, um, that have rather weak housing power and, and high cost inflation um, uh, are certainly areas of the market that we are avoiding at this point in time. Hmm. You mentioned, obviously, that you were particularly negative on Chinese high-yield debt earlier on. Um, but are there any other parts of the market that you're avoiding or sort of very concerned about default rates at the moment? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, as I say, um, the U.S. Pickles, the, the lowest rungs of the, the high market in the U.S. Uh, are, are quite expensive, in our view. Um, and certainly an area that we are avoiding currently uh, or find very little um, appetite to get involved. Um, and certainly the, the, this area of the market um, continuing to underperform as we go through 2022. Sure. And, and there's been quite a, a few new issuances um, of high yield debt entering into the market, quite a lot of capital entering in. Um, or requests for capital, depending how you look at it. I mean, are you concerned about some of the poor quality of these issuances? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that some of the quality is, is um, you have to be very judicious, I would say, is uh, in, in terms of what one is getting involved in and, and what you're not getting involved in. Um, you know, in the new issue market, particularly M&A or LBO, um, uh, um, uh, driven new issuance, um, we see that um, the leverage of the deals is, is high from a historical perspective, and the documentation is quite quite poor. Um, and indeed, um, it, it is a it is in some respects um, um, the signs of animal spirits and corporate excess. Let's say um, that we see that, that we see um, building, uh, particularly in the US, um, and it's something we're quite cautious around. Certainly, sure. Well, Mike, thanks so much for for joining me today. Um, are there any other points that you'd like to add? No, I think that's great. I think you covered a lot there, and uh, really enjoyed um, the chance to speak to you. Good stuff. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk.